So I'm not going to name any names here, but I regularly hear certain kids that I know pretty well that try to get other kids in trouble. They'll talk about how the other kid did something mean, like they hit another kid, maybe a sibling, or they didn't do what mom and dad said that they were supposed to do. This, I'm told by these kids, is unfair since the child did something that they weren't supposed to do while the other kids are all faithful and obey and don't do anything wrong. The hope that is expressed by this is that mom and dad would punish the kid who hit someone or maybe stole some screen time that they weren't supposed to have that they deserve to be punished. And that little reaction is thus precisely what our psalm is about today. It's about the all too human experience of seeing an unjust action and wanting to see the wrongdoer punished. This kind of psalm that asks God to exercise vengeance against his and our enemies is called an imprecatory psalm. Rather than being barbaric or strange, I think we would all do well to see that these themes are part of the human experience, that scripture speaks to them and directs us to how Christ fulfills the true end of this human experience, how he suffered injustice God's wrath on God's enemies and our place. Psalm 79 begins with a description of the evil done to the Hebrew people while Jerusalem was destroyed and the people were in exile. This is in verses 1 through 4, uh, and he also talks about it later in the passage as well uh, that Fred read for us. It says that the nations have taken God's inheritance. They've taken Israel. They have defiled God's temple. They've destroyed the holy city of Jerusalem. They've killed God's people gratuitously. The description here is, is, is just hard to read. They've given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the heavens for food. The flesh of your faithful to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water, all around Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. As a result of this, God and his people are mocked and derided by the nations. And that's why, in response to this, in verse 11, the psalmist says, God, here are the groans of prisoners, i.e., God's people, Preserve those doomed to die, who are fated to die, the psalmist says. And this is the result of their experiences, the injustice that they have seen. In response to injustice that we experience, or that we see in our world, what is our response? We see what the psalmist's response is, beginning in verse 5. Here, the psalm transitions to not away from what the evil was to what 
the psalmist's response is. This is my first main point. In response to evil, we are to, on the one hand, repent, and on the other hand, ask for God's justice. The psalmist's first response to the injustice is to ask a question. Why is God punishing us? This is in verse 5, and you see it again in verses 8 and 9. The psalmist assumes that God is angry with his people in verse 5. How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? And the psalmist calls out for God's mercy to his people. Verse 8, do not remember against us our former iniquities. Verse 9, help us, O God of our salvation. Deliver us and atone for our sins. This response, why am I being punished? Is there a sin that's there that needs to be revealed? Is a common response to challenges and suffering. And it's a good thing to consider anytime you are experiencing pain or suffering. Do my actions have a role to play in my suffering? That doesn't mean that you deserve to suffer or that others are justified in inflicting pain on another, but it is a good practice to, are my actions here a result or causing the result that I'm experiencing? But that's not what I want to focus on primarily in this passage. I want to look at in more detail the psalmist's, the psalmist's second response to the evil committed against the Hebrews. And that second response is to ask God to punish the evildoer, those who destroyed Jerusalem and defiled the temple, who gratuitously killed God's people, who mocked God. And in the midst of acknowledging their sins, the psalmist calls out for God to take vengeance on their enemies. Now, this idea that calling for God to take vengeance, a belief that God is vengeful, may seem barbaric or antiquated to us today if you believe in a God of love. I want to push back about, uh, against that a little bit. I want us to consider the situation like the psalmist had experienced where there had been great and historic injustice. In his book, Exclusion and Embrace, Miroslav Wolf talks about this exact idea. He asks us to consider how a trust in God's vengeance can address the hurt and reality of gross injustice. He talks about his own people's experience in the Yugoslavian wars. He's a Croatian, complete with ethnic cleansing, and mass violence. There was a great deal of retribution that took place in these wars too. One group would start to exterminate another, and then the first group would go and try to exterminate the other group. In such situations, retaliation and vengeance are common. Wolf and the psalmist here says that leaving vengeance to God is a spiritual task. And that's what the psalmist is expressing here. 
This theme is also clear in the New Testament. Consider our New Testament passage that Fred read for us. Verse 14, Paul tells us, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And he tells us in verse 17, To repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Leaving vengeance to God is a spiritual task, and it is a response to injustice. It's not acceptance of injustice, and it's not silence. The psalmist here is not silent on injustice. He spends a great part of the psalm, probably about a third of it, outlining the particular injustices done against Israel. It lists the sins of the nations in detail, the atrocities and crimes committed against God and his people. Paul was not silent in Romans 12. He identifies evil as evil when he talks about it. And there are other passages where there's no concrete, this was evil, and the Romans 12 passage. But Paul is very clear when injustice is done to him, he doesn't remain silent in the face of injustice. If you look at Acts 16, 37, Paul had been imprisoned unjustly for preaching God's word as a Roman citizen. And here's what he said when he stood up for his rights as a Roman citizen. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No, let us come themselves and take us out. He required the authorities of the city to come and publicly admit their mistake. He exercised his rights as a Roman citizen to indicate the injustice that was done against him. All of this is to say that his desire for justice is rooted in God's justice. Asking when justice will be punished, or when evil will be punished, when justice will be done, shows a trust and a faith in God. Asking God hard questions about injustice is good and healthy. And this brings me to my second main point. Asking for God's vengeance, as the psalmist does, should point us to Christ. And I think that's the model that all imprecatory psalms should point us to Christ. And you see this in verses 8 and 9, when the psalmist calls out for deliverance and salvation, for sins to be forgiven. That is to say, I think we have an incomplete picture of justice when we ignore the punishment that we deserved for our sins. We have an incomplete picture when we ignore that Christ suffered that punishment in our place. God does punish the sins of the evildoer. That includes the, the sins of people who are unjust and evil and who do so in systematic ways. And it also includes me. 
and yet Christ paid the penalty for the sins of the evil people who are unjust and for me. He suffered death in our place. He suffered the wrath of God on the cross so that we might be forgiven and yet justice be served and evil punished. The great German theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, has this to say about imprecatory psalms and the book Life Together, and I'll quote it. Can we then pray the imprecatory psalms? Insofar as we are sinners and express evil thoughts in a prayer of vengeance, we dare not do so. But insofar as Christ is in us, the Christ who took all the vengeance of God upon himself, who met God's vengeance in our stead, who thus, stricken by the wrath of God, and in no other way could forgive his enemies, who himself suffered the wrath that his enemies might go free, we too, as members of this Jesus Christ, can pray these psalms through Jesus Christ, from the heart of Jesus Christ. So in the face of injustice and in our desire for God to make wrong right, we are to rest in God's love and grace, both for ourselves and for others. This is not a cheap grace. Evil costs Christ his life. It's costly beyond all measure. And that cost was paid for me, for you, for those who are grossly unjust as well. And this brings me to my third and final point. What should our response in light of this be to injustice? When our kids feel anger from injustice that I talked about at the beginning, when it's done to you or when it's done against the rules or the system, when you want others to be punished for their wrongdoing, when you see it go unpunished, for a time, how should we respond? Our first response, I think, is that we are to seek justice. We are to defend the vulnerable, be a force for justice in the world. If there is someone who is a bully, you stand up to the bully. You fight for what's right. You call out sin. Especially sin, I think, because this is what the psalmist is talking about here. Uh, and, and it's also one that I think that we here as Christians often struggle with, especially sin that's part of our church or our schools that are part of our in-crowd. And particularly sin that is systematic. These are the types of sins that the psalmist is talking about, gross injustice and if we see those, we're to call them out, to stand up against them, to indicate that they're evil and wrong. But we also need to recognize, and this is our second part of our response, is we have to know that Christ paid the price for that injustice. And that'll change your perspective on it, to know that that's not the end of the story. People are always more than the evil than they've done and that Christ suffered that punishment on our behalf and on their behalf. 
we have to know that we, too, have acted unjustly and wrongly, and that Christ died in our place, just as he died for the injustice that we see throughout the world. And in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no injustice. All things will be made right. And so with this imprecatory psalm, a call out for God's vengeance. And as we recognize God's great mercy to us, let us show that mercy to others, even as Jesus says in Matthew 5 to our enemies, those who have persecuted us. Let's pray.